You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Faith, the questions, or even the answers, are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host... Stuart Deloney. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another round of Snarky Faith Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Deloney. And guess who's not joining me as always? Yes, Ben Triplett is not here. He's in what we call pre-paternity leave. So if we assume what pre-paternity leave means, meaning before the baby comes out, uh, I can also assume we may have a week or two of post-paternity or just paternity leave from our dear friend, Ben. So from the show, we continue to say, uh, we miss you, Ben. And also Kelly, get that baby out, get that baby out. Like the alien hopping forth from the chest in the movie aliens. Um, and that's also a shout out to Kelly, but yes, that baby needs to come out cause we need our Ben back. But what I've done over the past few weeks, uh, we will end up having our show curated a bit with different voices that I'm kind of bringing into the mix. And so this week, this week, the week of Thanksgiving, the one thing I thought would be good for us to bring here into the mix, because when we think of Thanksgiving, what do we think about? We think about family spending quality time with family. Uh, We think of it in very nice Hallmark card terms, or we begin to kind of get a little bit afraid of trying to think of that, especially now after the election, that family conversation that we're having as we're passing the mashed potatoes around the table uh, with our bigoted uncle Johnny or Rex or whatever you call your uncle. Um, Because again, Thanksgiving is also wonderful for these awkward conversations that we have from different folks from different spectrums from different areas of the world. So in preparation for that, uh, since this is rolling out on this Tuesday, Uh, What we wanted to do, instead of doing kind of that Hallmark card version of Thanksgiving, because that's what everyone's doing right now, we're sitting around talking about what we're thankful for. I mean, heck, even Facebook has something that you can adjust your profile picture that says, thankful for us, thankful for this. And when we begin to do that, I'm sorry, the show is called Snarky Faith, so I'm not necessarily going for the whole razor blade version of the holidays where we're feeling uh, very dark in the midst of this. But I do feel like we want to take Thanksgiving on with a bit of a snarky flair to it. So instead of us sitting here and talking about the things that we're thankful for, we can say we're thankful for family and uh, our house and our country and our spouses and all these other things. Yeah, we all know that. We're thankful the rest of the year for that. So I brought on my daughter, Ada. So say hello, Ada. And so Ada is here on the show uh, to be able to join me in having kind of this Thanksgiving talk. So instead of talking about the things we're thankful for, I figured in the Snarkiverse that we're going to move forward, we should talk about the things that we are not so thankful about. And with me bringing on my progeny, uh, my spawn, my child, my beautiful, wonderful daughter. Uh, the first thing that they made me think about this and Ada, I'm going to give you a softball pitch. I'm giving you an easy one out of the gate to talk about when we're talking about what we're not thankful about, uh, because you 
are a student of history and you are a student that likes to get mad about injustice and oppression. And so when we talk about the holiday of Thanksgiving, where the pilgrims and the Indians came together to eat as equals uh, because they were trying to start a beautiful relationship that would continue on for millennia, except it didn't. And uh, the wonderful white pilgrims and settlers eventually laid waste to the Native Americans in a hall. But we still like to celebrate that holiday with overeating and sitting around watching football. So tell me this. What are you not thankful about when it comes to Thanksgiving, my dear daughter? Okay, so I always thought, like, Thanksgiving was about how the pilgrims arrived to, like, um, to the New World. Because, like, you know, I saw that in Charlie Brown. And so I learned this, like, this year in social studies, where, um, so when the pilgrims first arrived, they couldn't, like, survive on their own because, like, they didn't know how to, like, like, grow crops, like, in the kind of, like, land there. And so they met a fellow Indian tribe, and the tribe was like, "Hey, we'll help you. Um, we'll help you harvest and grow healthy here if you kill our native tribe." So kind of like the friendship that was made for Halloween or for Thanksgiving was because the pilgrims helped the natives kill out an entire tribe, and then they celebrated by eating food, which I don't think is the best like holiday to celebrate. Oh, come on. The only reason that we would not be thankful for something like that is if the food that they were serving was the tribe that they had just defeated, right? Delicious. Delicious. It is good tribal dinner. Um, Yeah, so that's one of those. And when I begin to think about, like, in the larger perspective, which is thank you, Ada, for that little trip down history lane um, in the history of our country, which it is great when we think about this. And this is another thing I don't like. I don't like how we tend to whitewash and clean up our holidays and whitewash and clean up the way we look at history to where we kind of, um, well, I equate it to if, if any of you, since again, the show is snarky faith, uh, when we begin to look at children's Bibles, I am not thankful for children's Bibles though. The ones that have the little pictures and everyone's happy in them. And, uh, much in the sense that you're talking about like the, the native Americans and the pilgrims on Thanksgiving, not necessarily having a rosy children's book version of this, uh, of the history that was actually really what happened. Uh, the same thing, we do the same thing in the church. And now I'm not trying to say you want to tuck in your three-year-old with delightfully drawn cartoon genocide, um, and dismemberment and blood and all that kind of stuff. Dang, I'm really in the Thanksgiving mood today. But one thing I think that we do, we do kids a disservice by trying to shelter them from the world. Um, and now I'm not saying again that I want us to, to horrify children and uh, that we need to have nursery rhymes that are about serial killers. But what I am saying is I think that we end up setting them up. We set them up in a way that they are... Well, I think that it ends up... Uh, setting them up to fail simply. And even like in the church, we end up having children's books that will show like happy little things. Like when we see like Noah's Ark, yay, Noah, um, he's on the boat and there's lots of cute darling animals and they're so happy. But you know what, Ada, what don't they show in that? Uh, like all the people that died. Yes. Have... Yes. The mass killing, uh, in this story where, Yes, the rest of the earth, they all drowned and died because of their sins and iniquities in the middle of that. So um, I, we even had this. I think I mentioned this way, way, way back on some shows. But when you were a kid, I remember a, someone gave us like a children's Bible. And literally on the cover of it, they had Goliath and David standing arm in arm smiling on it. And if any of us know how the story of David and Goliath goes, 
Uh, I don't think it, they ended up as pals in the end. So yes, you may be saying right now, rolling your eyes, these guys are a bunch of sour buses. Thanksgiving is all about giving thanks and overeating. It's all about the joys of diabetes. That's why we love Thanksgiving. No. So, so okay, I'll give you one, Aiden. You can tell me right or wrong in this one. You know what I'm not thankful for? I'm not thankful for cookies that have nuts in them. Why are they there? I, I, I just don't get it. It's kind of like you have this nice, delicious cookie that you're biting into, and then there's nuts in them, and I just, I just completely don't get it. Protein. The, okay, you have me there. It's very healthy. It is healthy. It's protein. You little jerk, you're grounded now for disagreeing with me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. When we begin to look at this, and, 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 and I feel like we're kind of in this post-Trump election world, and, and I'm not going to sit here and whine and decry about the way the election went, because if you all have been listening to the show and remember, I didn't vote for either of those two jerks, but I did vote. Uh, but when we look at this, I mean, I, I begin to look across what's happening in our country right now. And one thing I'm not thankful for, I'm not thankful for injustice. I'm not thankful for like racial inequality. I'm not thankful for uh, the way people are treating each other right now in our country. And I'm not necessarily calling for us to say the election's over. Let's all gather around the campfire and sing Kumbaya. I'm not going for that. I'm not that idealistic. Uh, but what I am saying is I am not really thankful for the outlook that we have right now. And so when we begin to talk about the way the country is right now, you, you young student who is in middle school, um, how are you feeling about the way the world looks? Uh, I don't like I don't think like I feel like America's called like the land of the free, but we don't like like the actions that we like take to do like other stuff. Like, it doesn't kind of, like, promote, like, freedom and equality, which is why I don't stand for the pledge. Like, I just kind of, like, sit down as kind of, like, my form of protesting. Uh-oh, are you, are you telling me you're Colin Kaepernick? You're Colin Kaepernicking the pledge now? Uh, yes. Do you even know what I'm saying here? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're Colin Kaepernicking the pledge, but one thing I will do is I, I would like to call out good old Cap, um, not for his play, which has been deplorable if you're watching the I mean, or the NFL this season. No, Kaepernick uh, essentially sucks this season and last season and the past few seasons. Uh, but my biggest issue with him uh, taking this protest, taking a knee for everything, is the fact that the dude did not get out and vote. If you're going to protest, if you've been listening to our show for any time, uh, I've said this many a time, but voting is the bare minimum you can do to begin to promote change in the world today. The bare minimum! And good old Captain. So, Ada, so you are... Oh, so at school right now, just talk me through this. So every day, do you guys... Are you supposed to stand for the pledge? Yeah, like, they have... Right now, they've been having uh, kids from, like, homerooms, like, say the pledge. And so, yeah, it's every day. So why... So again, just run me through this, because uh, I'm in the stage of not knowing whether I should be ashamed as a father or proud as a father. And you know I'm kidding uh, when I'm saying that. But uh, so you are telling me that you are not thankful for the pledge, and why don't you stand for the pledge? Because uh, I don't believe in America right now, you know, especially with the election going on or, like, the post or post-election going on right now. So let, let me unpack this with you. So you're saying that you don't believe in the country simply just because of the election, or is it because of all the other stuff that's going on that somehow gets rolled into it because of the election? Well, like, I mean, like, all the other stuff that's, like, been going on, like, all, like, like the, you know, the Black Lives Matter, and then All Lives Matter, and, like, kind of the argument that goes there, and then, like, 
like gay rights and like equality and yeah, stuff like that. So you feel like you're feeling right now not very thankful, and you're feeling that America is letting Americans down. Uh, yes. Okay, so right now it kind of feels like in many ways, now don't let me put words in your mouth, but I'm just trying to unpack this for you. Um, You're kind of feeling like that when we begin to say that America is for like all people that live here, um, but right now it kind of feels like it's only for certain people. Am I correct in kind of bringing that out of what you're saying? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like certain people who uh, feel like that America is fine the way it is. Yes, well, you can't say that because you have uh, a bunch of folks on one side of the aisle saying they want to make America great again, and when you say making America great again means that it was great and it's not no. great, and they want to change that. Do you see what I'm saying here? It was never great. You don't think America was ever great? Did you know that the national anthem, like, uh, they only used one chunk of it, but it was like the third verse was talking about killing slaves and telling them to go back to their land? Are you serious? Okay. I'm being serious. I learned that in social studies. You learned this in school, so it must be true. Yes. Okay. I'll have to look that up. I did not know about that. And that's... It's, like, pretty foul. Like, yeah. So, okay. So, that that's the one... Well, I see why they leave it out. Obviously, yes. Because that would, that would be kind of awkward to be, you know... Yeah. Singing that and us all being like, oh my gosh, I feel so patriotic. I need to go kill me a slave right now. Well, because like, no, it, it was based on a soldier who Wait. wrote a poem. About- Sarcasm. Sorry. With Dear Ben not here, I've got to work that one in because we're very sarcastic here. So continue on, child. No, it was about this soldier who um, he, uh, wrote a poem about fighting in the war. Francis and- Scott Key. Keep going. Yeah. And then like he, because yeah, that's about it. Like he wrote about how like, it was, like, a lot of patriotic stuff, and then some of it was good, which was what they used in, like, the national anthem. And then, like, the rest of it was, like, really kind of racist and nasty and, yeah. Okay, so I'm not necessarily quoting you on this, but I will check this out. But you're right. I mean, in, in certain sense, if, if you have ever remembered this, and you probably don't, because you come from the generation that has been to church where we just read words on the screen, but if you've ever looked at the old hymnals, uh, what what's happened over time is that there's some like old hymns that are like six verses. And usually traditionally what happens most time is you read the first and the last verse. And those are like, those are the knock it out of the park verses. They're like, Oh gosh, I feel so good. I feel so close to God. I love this. And this is beautiful. And what a melody. And, uh, but the middle ones, it's like when you're like almost, I don't know, rhyming, like Frankenstein and whatever rhymes. Yeah, I don't know. But you get like these really weird words. You're like, what were they doing here? Were they just filling space? And so you're saying our dear national anthem has done the same thing, but only with horrific, I mean, like a horrific shading of our country's past. Yeah. Okay. Or like for some songs, like like church songs, especially like um, they'll like talk about it's like these weird rhymes where they like and then I lay upon nine breasts. Or stuff like that, where just I don't understand why that's a church song. Well, you're right about that. Some of it, some of it is is where like in the, in the scope of how language has changed over time. Uh, where kind of unpacking that one would be they're not talking about boobies as we would say in modern times. They're talking about just someone's chest, um, not their chesticles, just their chest um, in the midst of that. So yeah, I get that. But you're right. I mean, that's that's one of the things I think that that has been great about our country is the fact that we continue to move forward and recontextualize things as, uh, as we see the world, our culture 
and time changing and moving forward. And you're right. I mean, I think it's good that we've dumped certain lines and certain parts of our past, but I think one of the main things we have to make sure we don't do is, is forget the sins of our past. Like, you know, it's one thing to say that we've moved beyond this, like that we've learned our lesson and that we've moved on. It's another thing where we try to ignore what's happened in the past and just continue to repeat it over and over and over again, because that's what we've seen with this current election. And, and I, I've, I was listening to somebody in the news talk about it, which I thought was pretty fascinating. Somebody was saying uh, that they said, which is the way, the greatest way ever to like quote a source. Um, I feel like I'm like, I'm falling into like the way that Trump does it to where he's like, you know, someone said, and then you just proceed to make this huge statement and you have no way to back it up. It's kind of like the Wikipedia of statements. But um, where, where it was, I don't know, it was some news pundit that was talking about the fact that that this this election has become really interesting, um, really the aftermath of it has become interesting simply because we've come to a place now in America where at least we're not hiding the fact that we're racist. Um, does that make sense? Like not saying that the racism yeah. is good, but meaning that all of this junk that that we're seeing come out right now has always been there. We've just learned how to fake it. We've learned how to hide from it. We've learned how to be politically correct around it, even though it always existed and we still acted on it. Uh, but we we never before, like really this point, we're willing to honestly admit that, holy crap, America is pretty darn racist. America is pretty misogynist. America, you know, is pretty homophobic. I mean... But, you know, after this election, we're able to kind of see the ugliness of America. And my hope, which is not necessarily me being uh, thankful for Thanksgiving, um, but my hope is the fact that once you're able to actually bring this grossness, this rot that that I think is hitting our country into the light, um, the hope is that you can begin to fix it. Now, the problem is uh, if we bring this to the light and we go, hey, you know, all that stuff that's happening that uh, is racist and misogynistic and homophobic and nationalistic and all that, that's good stuff. Let's just keep going with it. You know, that's, that's my biggest fear with bringing this out. Uh, my hope is, yeah. and the fact that we it helps us to root it out and get rid of it, my fear is that some people are going to be like, those are some pretty good ideas. I don't know. Are you, do, you yeah. feel, do you feel generally, like right now, we're, we're in the week of Thanksgiving, do you feel generally as a, a, the adult of tomorrow? So I will go ahead and let you speak for your entire generation because that totally makes sense right now. Um, do you feel, by and large, hopeful or do you feel skeptical about the way the future is moving in our country? Uh, I feel kind of hopeful because I, I feel like, I don't think Donald Trump is going to do all the things that he says he's going to do. But, like, I feel like he may do something good. And, like, you can't just assume that he's going to be a terrible president because he hasn't even started, like, his run yet. So, I you, think, yeah, I'm hopeful. You're hopeful in this, yeah. But, um, like, like, and I know, I know, I, I, please stop me if I'm getting too far, like, out of your depth. I'm not trying to patronize you. But I also don't want to hit you with a bunch of stuff that I know you probably haven't sat and read about. Um, The problem is, you know, I think a lot of America was sitting and waiting, um, not a lot, but I think a good portion of us was at least kind of at, at that thing of saying, you know, I, you know, let's hopefully give him a chance. You know, let's hopefully give him a chance because a lot of times, and we've seen this through the history of politics, that, that the promises and that the extreme talk that happens on the campaign trail doesn't always translate to what happens in the presidency. You know, it, it it's yeah. something that people are doing to go out and, and um, to get people excited, to drive up voters, to get people to turn out to vote. 
um, and all that kind of stuff. And so sometimes all of this extreme talk, you know, we could say, and I know, I know you've heard this term with me using this a lot, but you know, like at, 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 at best we can hope that most of what Trump was saying is hyperbole. Like he's just trying to make a point by using extreme talk or extreme, you know, examples or situations. But all of that thing of us giving him a chance is solely started to evaporate with the folks that he is beginning to put into his cabinet. Well, yeah, but like, I mean, I, America is not a dictatorship. So, well, like, he, he doesn't have full control over, like, this country. So, like, things like building a wall may not happen, even though he wants, like, it to happen. Because he still has, like, he's only one, like, vote in, like, yeah. In the... <laughs> Okay, that was good. That was for you. That was oh, an applause. Loud. Yes, I know. Well, it's it's louder in your headphones than it is in actuality. Pausing for my smartness. Yes, we are pausing to applaud your smartness. No, you're 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 absolutely right. I mean, that's that's one of the things that is the beauty that we set up in in our country is that we have um, there's just three different branches of government, and the hope, the hope, the hope, the hope is that they are able to balance um, all of each other out. Um, the yeah. fear, the fear, the fear that we have going into, into, Three uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is a fear that, um, well, that when you have a Congress and a Senate that is very Republican, you have a crazy, I don't even know if you can call him Republican, um, president elect that are kind of all in the same of the same crazy extreme mindset. There's, there's a lot of crazy extreme stuff that can get done, um, in a short period of time. Um, Okay, so yeah, but like just because you're Republican doesn't mean you have to agree with everything that Trump says. Absolutely. Like, oh, snap. Be, like, you don't have to be like a full Republican, but like there's a wide spectrum of like, you can kind of be like waiting towards that side, but like not fully. And yeah. So what way to way to bring some some hope into a conversation where Do I, I th- get applause again? You, you, sh- you definitely mm-hmm. should. You should get a Claude Hemmers. Okay. What was that? That was a good Lord have mercy. That oh. this you're you're schooling me on my own show. I'm uh, I feel like I'm getting taken out to the woodshed. Um, I know. Well done. So okay. So we we've we've hit some political stuff, which we will delve actually back into. Um, and so I'm not completely trying to put a pause on you. So is there anything else right now that you feel like, man? When I look at the world, I am so not thankful for blank. Fill in the blank. Uh, there's so many things. School uh, lunches. Let's let's go there. School lunches. Are you thankful for school lunches? Are they delicious? Are they nutritious? What's funny to me is they claim they do meat free Mondays, but they never do. Oh, they so, just serve cheese pizza all the time. Okay, so you are a you are a vegetarian. Yes. And um, feel very strongly about this. And you have gone even as far if you know this show, you know that our last name is Zaloni. And so, um, really? as, wait, yeah, seriously? not you. I'm, I'm talking scared. to the listeners right oh, now. Okay. Yeah, I, that, that would be a wake up call. You're like, wait, what is my name? Who oh my gosh, I? I never knew. No, so for, yes, for, for those that don't know, uh, Ada has acquired this nickname of being Veggie Baloney, um, oh, yes. which is ironical and, uh, and humorous at the same time. So you feel like for folks, that are of the vegetarian or vegan persuasion that are still going to school um, and that eat school lunches, that they're, the vegetarians are not getting a good shakedown or they're not getting a fair meal. Well, like most of the time they serve cheese pizza every day. Uh, sometimes they'll serve like, like every, it's like every 
once in a while they'll serve like a salad with just like olives and feta cheese and that's really good uh, most of the time, any kind of salad they have is, like, covered in this weird, nasty, like, liquidy meat. And so, I feel like, like, if you had to eat cafeteria lunches, you could trade with someone else who may have, like, a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Okay. Some people prefer, like, pizza covered in grease more than peanut butter and jelly sandwiches so yes it's always easy to trade but you're being so hypocritical here what about the poor peanuts they're screaming as they're being made into peanut butter i'm sorry i didn't mean to ruin peanut butter for you okay that's nuts (laughs) oh so punny i need i know i need like a no snap button with you on the show now oh snap um when we i'll have to record that that's a good one uh so okay so not thankful for school lunches that don't necessarily do great things for people with different diets. I mean, so you're kind of seeing it's like this thing when you invite the guy that has like the gluten allergy over to the house and you're like, meh, most of this is, uh, he, he can just eat the carrots. Yeah. You can eat, no the, one ca- eats those anywhere. You can eat the carrots and I've got like a, bo- a decorative bowl of rocks. If you would like to eat those, I'm you pretty sure those are delicious. Yes. I know. Okay. So when you begin then to look at, so in, in our, our, our wet blanket of a unthankful Thanksgiving, um, cause we're, we're really, we, I mean, we are thankful people, but we, we want to get some of this out of our system. You know, it's kind of like we're doing some colonics. Um, and if you want to know what that means, I'll explain it to you later. Okay, um, good. so kind of, we're like, we're doing like the colonics of our soul, uh, here to get to clean that. So, so when you look across this, like, and, Okay, you know what I'm not thankful for? If we and I, I want to delve into a little bit of pop culture. So as I'm talking, you can begin to think of the things in pop culture that you were very, very much not thankful for. Like pop culture meaning music, like it could be music, it oh, could okay. be TV, it could be movies, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. Uh, one thing that this is my thing that I harp on over and over again on this show. Um, I'm not thankful for the Big Bang Theory. If if there are fans out there, I am not sorry if I offend you. Um, what you should simply do to realize how unfunny that show is, is go on YouTube. You can actually find where they have, uh, clips of the show where they've taken out the laugh track and it's pretty much like watching serial killers interact, um, or like perverts or rapists. I mean, it's, it, it's really funny how in TV and this is, I, this is, I guess what I'm really not thinking. I'm not thankful for laugh tracks on TV. Oh my gosh, wait, I was about to rave about that. Go for I, it. I hate, I hate laugh tracks cause most of the time they're laughing about things that aren't even funny. Like, if someone just kind of, like, opens their eyes and, like, looks around, then there's, like, this loud laugh track, and you feel like you have to laugh because there's an an entire audience that is laughing, but it's not funny at all. So much pressure. Well, I will say, the only time, well, okay, so there's a difference between having a live studio audience and a laugh track. Do you understand the difference? Yeah. Okay. So you actually have people that are sitting there watching. A laugh track is when you just put in. Put yeah. It's like you, you, it's, it, it's much, to you make know. make it seem funny. Even though yes. It, it would be kind of like you saying something funny and. <laughs> kind of like that. Um, you know, so and, yeah, but a lot. <laughs> but, um, but, but I remember this, I was watching and I've been watching John. It was a few weeks back on John Oliver where they had. I don't know. I'll have to find this, and I and I'll I'll post this on I'll post this on our Facebook page. If you want to find it, it's on it'll be on. Uh, you can find Snarky Faith on Facebook. But it was I can't remember which one it was, but it was an episode of John Oliver. And I swear to you, there was some lady that that my hope is that she was drunk or something else was going on. But but everything like she had like this really high pitched loud laugh, and every time that. he would say anything. Like it was, it was, it was actually, it got to the point of being distracting to watch the show because 
whatever it was. I mean, which actually at the point when I was listening to it, it made me laugh even more because it was just that stupid. But yeah, I mean, so that was live studio audience issue there. And, um, and also, which makes me think back to, I was, I was in the audience on the Jay Leno show. I think I've told you this before, right? And Jay Leno, again, is, Jay Leno Leno was the unfunny guy that was before Jimmy Fallon and also before Conan. And there's a whole lot of story there that we just don't want to get into, which I'm very unthankful for, for Jay Leno. Jay Leno's not very funny. Laugh track. Yeah, he's, he totally needs it. Like, he's one of those guys, within comedy, there's... I feel like comedy is also kind of related to to how smart the folks are that are delivering it. I feel like there there's the better comedians are extremely smart comedians. And Jay Leno is not a smart comedian. He's he's a comedian that that makes the I don't know, makes the trailer park folks like chuckle um in this. You know, it's it's kind of like the lowest IQ form of of humor. And so I was back in college and uh was in the audience and He's just, you can predict like it's his, his setup, his delivery. It's, it's, it's all just so predictable. And again, if I can probably put this on, on our, on our Facebook page, uh, but I got in trouble security wise, but I actually yelled out the punchline pretty much during his, during his, cause it was so incredibly obvious. Cause again, most of his humor is very, very obvious. Um, and so, yeah, security doesn't like that when you yell out during the show and he had to respond on the show about that. And yes, that was the, uh, my morning say probably like 20 year old version of myself, which probably wasn't the greatest life choice in the world to start screaming when you're in a live studio audience. Uh, I thought it was funny. I still think it's funny in the moment where I probably could have gotten a lot of trouble. That part, not so funny. So don't be like me, kid. And, um, you know, be good. Um, okay, so pop, pop, pop culture. Beyond the fact that laugh tracks are terrible, what else are you unthankful for? Uh, music nowadays is terrible as well. Like Me- that song where it's like this weird mashup of. Noise. Oh, you're talking. This is uh, ba 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 Selena Gomez, where it kind of just Selena sounds. Gomez. Yeah, I'm pretty sure where it sounds like they uh, someone just went edit happy um, on her voice. Yeah, is that I, what you're I, I have no idea what she's saying in the entire song. Like it's like if, even if I want to look it up, I have no idea what it's like. It's very confusing. Oh, uh, okay. So you're saying you you don't like the state of music. So you are more of a uh, you're more of a retro in your taste of music, correct? Yes. Okay. So what would be what would be your uh, what would be your jam? What's your sweet spot when it comes to music? Like artist wise or song? Uh, artist wise, we'll, we'll we'll go broad strokes. <laughs> the Beatles. Oh, uh, well, what a surprise! Shocker. Well, it's shocker to everyone else, not you, that you are you're a, a middle schooler who's in love with John. Paul, George, and Ringo. I thought you were just going to say John. No, it's like, no. Oh. It's all of them, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll go there. So, you, so you're not happy with the state of music today? No, because it's not good at all. It's kind of dirty, and, like, ever, like most, like, songs are kind of, like, rap, and they don't, like, it's, rap is not that good, in my personal opinion. Uh-oh. Okay. We've just lost half the audience that they've turned off here I'm on the sorry. show. No, it's fine. Um, okay, and so when we then, so the last thing I want to do before we get to like the article that I want to talk through, uh, when we talk about food, you already you mentioned food a little bit, but what what food are you really really not thankful for? Turkey. Turkey, just well, okay, thank you. Thanksgiving food. You you don't like Thanksgiving food in general? It's not like I don't know. I like mashed potatoes and dessert. That's like my favorite Thanksgiving foods. Okay, so okay, mashed potatoes, gravy or no gravy? No gravy. No, okay, so no gravy. Um, and uh, Thanksgiving desserts. What uh, what what is your what's your jam? Any kind of dessert, like I don't I don't know, like the like 
The generic things. Pumpkin pie, yes or I no? I guess, yeah, pumpkin pie. Apple pumpkin pie, yes okay. or no? Yeah, apple pie. Okay. Uh, gluten-free uh, snickerdoodle cookies that have uh, spirulina in them. I have no idea what that is. Okay. I'm not a fan of anything. Yeah. So when it ends, like, that's, that's not, okay, here's, here's the thing I'm not thankful for. When you try to somehow make dessert healthy, I mean, I think, I think the entire nature of dessert means that we are, we are eating something that's not the main course, that's not an appetizer, and you eat it at the end because it's kind of like the shame point in the meal where you're like, oh gosh, I, I shouldn't, but I really will, and I'll just eat this huge slab of cheesecake. Not really sure what it is, but oh my gosh, it tastes good. Like two bites in, and then you're like, I've eaten anymore, I'm going to feel sick. But it would be a waste to finish, to not finish it. You know what I'm saying? Same. Um, no, like, have you, have you ever seen that like Parks and Rec episode where... Like they ask well, one of the when they ask uh Chris Traeger to bring a cake and he comes with this like vegetable loaf and he admits that it's not a cake but he's like it's much healthier so it's it's a better option which makes everyone mad but like yeah yeah well I mean it's I'm not saying yeah I mean and I'm not going as far to say like dessert simply needs to be that we need to just start snorting sugar like powdered sugar instead and say like ah I don't need you know oh, <laughs> no but people in my class have done it before like they. They broke up Smarties with their hands, and then they started, like, snorting it for no apparent reason. Oh, my gosh, they're so dumb because everybody knows it's Pixie Snicks that you snort. Got to give them a little tap. And oh, it's Pixie Snicks. It's Pixie Snicks. It's Pixie Sticks that you have to do that. Yeah, you get to get the dollar bill, roll it up, snort it, and then you watch the people go, ah! Because but there's no point in doing that. There, besides... There's no point. Besides burning your nose and feeling like you're some sort of an adult from an 80s movie where people do lots of drugs. I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, it's say no to drugs, kids. That's, and also to say no to, I actually, you know what? Say no to pixie sticks in general, because I, I really don't see the point in pixie sticks. Pugs, not drugs. Yeah, have you ever seen, like, have you seen like the ones, I don't know if they still have these out. When, when I was like younger, they had these things that were, um, they, they're like jumbo pixie sticks where they were like the, the straw was made of plastic and was, the the girth around it was probably three times or like oh four pixie sticks like wide so it's like a huge straw and it was like three feet long so it's like a plastic straw and it's like three feet long for well, I don't because again you need to eat pixie sticks faster I mean I don't know you know it's I guess it's a way to be able to consume like sixty of them at once pixie sticks are like those fun dips but like without the actual candy part and you're just eating the sugar like that's part of it. Well, yeah, I, I I think fun dip fun dip is is all about the experience. It's not really good, but anytime but it's fun you get to eat. it, it's fun to eat. So it it's is like one of the foods that you don't like it, but you like the texture, so you keep eating it. Yeah, yeah, fun dips are good. Or I was like always. I think I actually enjoyed like the sticks and fun dip than more than actually the powder. Yeah, just to break them up and eat that. Like, yeah, it's, but it's if, just hard candy. But if you eat that, then you're kind of you have to then be like the sad kid that's sitting like and licking your finger and sticking it in a little pouch to eat the powder. Mm. And then and then even if you wash your hands off later, you have like like a blue finger and everybody knows about your shame. Is this like a story from your life? Are you? I'm. I, I'm. Kind of like... I'm not willing to comment on that. Okay. I'm not. I, this is taking me way much, way too far into a dark place here. Before things. We'll fix it in post. Okay. <laughs> well done with that. Okay. So enough of our uh, being the Debbie Downers of you know the. I was just.
was about to ask you. you oh, had, snap. You yes, we have. That. Yes, that was kind of our Debbie Downer of the things that we are not thankful about for Thanksgiving. So to cleanse our palate before we pivot into the article that I have here that I'm going to take you through, uh, can you give me a few things that aren't like, give me a few true things that you're thankful for? Uh, like. No, nah, like don't, about, don't, I mean, don't do the like, you know. I'm thankful for mom. I'm thankful for dad. Oh, I'm, I'm, thankful, thankful for... I'm thankful for family and friends. Yeah, yeah, that that, that that's all BS. Uh, so, uh, I'm the uh, I'm thankful for uh, that. This is like an opportunity for people to like get together. Just like you mean the uh, show, people can get together on Thanksgiving oh and gosh. listen to this show. No, that would be bizarre. But we may do it still at our house. I have I have a portable speaker. I'm going to stick into the butt of the turkey. Oh, and uh, have we, you, have you we will seen just that, like, Sesame Street meme where like all the Sesame Street characters are sitting around a giant table and like there's a giant turkey in the middle, except it has like Big Bird's feet sticking out. And everyone's it. like, where's Big Bird? Yeah, it's so gruesome. It is. But but I mean, I, I mean, I was at the table and I, I mean, I cried um, while I ate him. I mean, it was sad, but it was also delicious. And I mean, you know, how often? Does an opportunity like that present itself? No, no, no. Like, so, like, give me just a few random things that you would say in the world that you happen to be thankful for. Wait, wait. Here's a here's a funny joke. Why did the turkey join the band? Why did the turkey join the band? I don't know. Because it had the drumsticks. Whoa! So funny turkey uh, jokes. Yeah, I don't think I have a but um on here. Um, you can oh, use that. Noise. Okay, so a random thing I thought about. I'm thankful for socks. Socks? I am because do you? I am thankful for because I have no cart. We don't have carpet in our house. We have hardwood floors everywhere, and I am thankful for socks because otherwise, I think I would have frostbite as I walk around as the weather has turned colder. Okay, this this got this got weird. This got dark all of a sudden. Any any last th- any any last random things that you're thankful for? I'm thankful for fingerless gloves because they look really hipster and cool. Fingerless gloves. You know what I always wonder about fingerless gloves is like, what do they do with the fingers when they cut them off? True. I I don't think you make them like you. I I think you. Just no, I know. Stop. <laughs> I know. I know. If you're knitting them, you're right. You stop. But it, it's just it's just an, a, a weird random thought that you it, make. You know, you make those socks with you make toe socks. The socks uh, with the toes. Oh, that you add those down. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. You know, or like, have you seen that? Um, they have the you can buy. <laughs> this sounds bad. They they sell muffin tops. Like not the, he, not people no no not like not the like term the, like the oh hair. hey no no like the top of a muffin isn't that a hairstyle no a muffin no I, oh, I don't no, those are muffin chops right mu- like, maybe I don't yeah well well I'll explain to you later what a muffin top is but like literally in like the bakery aisle like they're well, it's, the it's top like, of a muffin it's, it's like donut holes like yeah like yeah well, what do you do with the bottom half I know I don't know why do you did mean, they just throw them out I mean that was like they did that on Seinfeld a while back but yeah when they make muffin tops they actually are not they're not cutting them and throwing them out. It's just the way you, you bake it. It's almost like a cookie, if that makes sense. Oh. You know what I mean? Deceptive, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, you thought you were you were being able to to be American like we are American to be nice and wasteful. It's not to a muffin like, top unless it's deep fried. Oh, that's ugh, that. I'm I am not thankful for the way they prepare food at state fairs in our. I've always our wanted world. to try fried Jello. Um, that sounds very interesting. Yes, but, but don't they fry butter too? They they fry Snickers. They Why fry butter. Why would you butter. eat an entire thing of butter? Like, what would you I, what would you do with it after you like get like after you buy it? Uh, what I mean, I I I have no answer for that. What what's what would a what would have someone to say? I would like to eat a stick of butter right now. And I so mean, I, I well well my whole thing is the idea of a stick of butter 
you, you, you've probably made other bad life choices that have led up to the fact that you're come to the place of saying, you know, I, I like eating butter, but it's actually better if I fry it. So butter I, I, f- dipped in butter. And then, yeah, so I don't know. My my whole thing in this is I think that there's been other bad life choices that well, have brought. I'm assuming, to this like you know how you put butter on bread, like you probably eat an entire stick of butter in your life. Oh, maybe, through, may, like putting, maybe it's because they're gluten intolerant and they just they're like, I love buttery bread, but I just need to get rid of the bread and I'll just eat the. Butter. They just cut the bread off and they give it to someone else and they just eat them. No, you, no, if it's American, just it's to throw it away. Efficient. It's oh. Amer- no, it's American. We, we are we, we're a wasteful people. So you throw it on the ground and absolutely. You say it'll compost itself. N- no, you have to on pavement. No, you have to throw it on the pavement. We like yes, the American way is to be wasteful and to not compost. That's just what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I will actually, I will buy like six packs of, of soda to simply just throw the cans away full. Um, and I just like to throw like the little plasticky thing that holds the six pack together into the ocean. That's what we do. Well, it's very fashionable for all of the seagulls to wear. It's like a fashion statement. So, you know, it's like a scarf that they can't ever take off. Because I do. I, I care about seagull fashion. That's why I do yeah. it. Yeah. It's wasteful. It's American. But it, it, hel- also... it helps them, though, because that's how they earn a living. Like, they they like they like pose with the scarves on. Yes. Slash plastic uh, soda can things. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, pivoting here from our, our weirdly bizarre talk that we've had up until this point, which uh, is pretty much like family dinner at most nights. Um, I have, I, so I have this article here. It's called a 12 step program for responding to post election Trump. Uh, this is by, uh, Nicholas Kristoff from the New York times. And so he's got 12 steps, like much like the AA or NA or all the other things that letters that come before a, um, uh, there's a, it's a 12 step program. So this is kind of American. So I wanted to kind of talk through this, not simply just read this. But but really just kind of delve into this in the time that we have left. So I'll read these and we can kind of unpack this. You can agree. You can disagree. No comment. Um, or, you, or you can no comment, but you at least have to say no comment because if you're shaking your head, I just can't see it on the radio and neither can anybody else. So uh, I found these very interesting. Uh, and so number one was I will accept that my side lost. And so, again, I'm taking this from the perspective of these are for the folks that like they're in the wham wham perspective that, oh, dear, our, um, our dear Hillary lost and... Trump won. So, um, so this is 12 steps. I will accept that my side lost, but I won't, um, uh, acquiesce, uh, in, in injustice and I will gird for battle. Wait, uh, what is acquiesce? I will, I will not give in to injustice. Okay. Okay. This is probably good because, um, this, this may help some of our listeners. So, works. yeah. So, so I, how about this? I, I, I won't give in to justice and I will gird for, uh, for battle on issues that I care about. Gird, which is a term that we don't use enough. Isn't uh, it like a girder belt or something? No, that's garter, not a girder belt. But um, but no, it is. Like they say like to, it's kind of like, well, gird up is kind of like picking up your bootstrap, preparing for battle. Like they will say, uh. that if you're talking like New King James Version of the Bible, do you need to gird your loins for battle type of a thing? Um, which I really don't know why you would need to get your loins prepared for battle because your loins don't have really a whole lot of, purpose in battle but maybe people it's can very tell me important. Others. it's very protective yes well i mean yeah it's you want to wear a cup before you go into battle um but i don't know that that should be your number one thing you want to okay so uh okay so they're saying you know they're not going to give into injustice and uh they'll prepare 
for battle on issues that they care about, they will call or write in uh, members of Congress and express their opposition to the, these issues like mass deportation, um, to cutting 22 million people off health insurance, to nominating denominations of people who are unqualified or bigoted, to reducing uh, to reduce access to contraception and cancer screenings, and better yet, uh, they'll attend your the representative's town meetings and put him or her on the spot when they need to. Wait, was that only step one? <laughs> that was step one. That was there's there's a lot. Oh, this is wait, like so. How am I supposed to answer this? Like, okay, okay. So step so step one, which I think that this is still very much in in the snarky uh, snarky bee wheelhouse. So there was a lot of words that good old Nicholas Kristoff is using here, um, but simply saying, I think that if you're dealing step one of dealing with the loss when things have not gone your way, um, we're not going to just sit and pout and be upset and say condescending things on Facebook and repost articles like this one that I'd seen repost somewhere else. Um, but really, but, 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 but really, but what they were saying is that I think that instead of doing that, they are going to, to engage deeper in the things that are going on. But I'm supposed to say whether I agree with that or not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, so instead of just kind I of, agree with that. yeah, I mean, yeah. so instead of saying like I, I'm mad, I'm taking my ball and going home. Um, the idea is if you're there's, upset, yeah, there's no point in complaining about something if you like won't try to get like. There's no point in complaining about something and waiting for someone else to fix it. Like you gotta go and like get your feet dirty or your feet wet or whatever that's. that's Yes. So, or, or kind of like taking a, you mentioned this earlier, a common parks and rec a phrase, the treat yourself. It's just kind of like change yeah. yourself. Like if you want change to happen, change to happens, like begins in yourself. Copy right now. And, um, <laughs> someone takes it. That's true. Trend. Change yourself. Um, no, no, but I think that, so, I mean, it, yeah, I think ultimately instead of us just sitting around and complaining about stuff, if you're upset about it, get out and go and do something to help make the world better. Um, I think ultimately yeah. we have to remember that if we assume that the only way we can make change happen is getting a bunch of politicians elected, we are all fools. Okay, so step two. Um, this is his words, not mine, but I'll try to paraphrase this um, into uh, easier uh, to take terms. So um, I will try to do small things in my own life, recognizing that they are inadequate, but at least to start. So what this person's saying is, so they will sign up for different websites um, like an example, like for one about Islamic relations, um, volunteering to fight Islamophobia, they will call local mosques to offer support or, jo- or join in an interfaith event. This is still is all it, number it was, two. But isn't that on, like the last one? Like you change like what you think should happen or. I think, I think you're getting to a point here. I, I think that they're, yeah, you're right. So if you're not happy with the election, go out and do something. That's. Yeah, both of them are. I like how you're summarizing this up. What someone has done in so many words. So yeah, so I think yeah, so I think step one, if we can do this, and we'll make this into our own instead of kind of repeating ourselves. Step one is is stay engaged. Um, step two is begin to do small things that make a difference. Um, step three, listening, they're going to avoid demonizing people who don't agree with you about the election. Um, uh, and then recognizing that it's wrong to stereotype Trump supporters or anybody else. I agree with that. Um, and that in that, they're saying we have to avoid Hitler metaphors, recognizing that they stop conversations and rarely persuade people. Well, so, like, you could be a Trump supporter and you don't have to be, like, a racist or, like, a homophobe or, like, a redneck or, like, anything like that. Like, you could, like, you could vote for Trump because you don't like what Hillary's doing. Like, and you could, you could assume they're, like, the lesser of two years, or Or you could like, vote for Trump and be someone's grandparent. Wait, like... Never mind, I'm moving on from that one. That got too close to home. 
Um, no, so yeah, so I, but I do like that. So like one step, so, you know, is, is to be able to stop using inflammatory language when describing people that aren't like you. I agree with that. So, because if we, yeah. And so if we are hoping for this idea of, of positive dialogue, because really, um, when we're caught in name calling, we're never going to fix anything. Like, I don't think calling someone, Hey, you're just like, you're like Hitler. And someone's going to be like, Oh my gosh, I feel very convicted. I don't have a Hitler mustache. Do I need to go home and shave? You know, no, I mean, but you're right. I mean, I think when you use inflammatory language, it doesn't like endear people or make them like think deeper and and makes them angry. And then we just, yeah, we just, we just do that back and forth. Okay. So, uh, then we have, let's see. Um, then they said, do, do part, uh, see, they'll do their part to support the society that they would like to see. So it's, I guess, getting to the point of, um, help out where you can, but also, if, if you want to see the world differently, if you hope for change, if you hope to see the world in a place where people can feel what it's like to be equal and respected and all of that, um, begin to invest uh, and support things that bring about that kind of change, too. It's very similar to question one, but I also agree with this one. Well, th- yes. I. Again, I'm agreeing with you. So I think like we could probably sum up this entire art instead of the one step instead of the twelve steps. You but know, like, get like, out and do something. One well, is about getting out and doing something, and this is like just kind of rephrasing it. Well, I, yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think one thing that uh, they're probably doing is to make the whole twelve step idea twelve steps. You got to stray. No, but I, but I mean, if you want to do this slightly and paint paint the differences between them, I think that one of them is be able to step into places where you see injustice happening, and then the other one is actually being about finding ways to capture what your vision is for the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like one of them's kind of like stop what you see that's going wrong. And the other one is like, how do we move ourselves towards a different place? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. And let's see then as we're getting close, I'll start running through these a lot faster. Um, uh, I think there's, yeah, they're just saying support groups that, that help people meaning that you could actually do this like fund wise, like, like help support people, not simply just with, um, going out and trying to make positive change, you can also do this with your pocketbook. Like, you know, like yeah. invest, like invest in organizations that help people that are suffering and things of that nature. I agree with that. Yeah, and I mean, there's like C number six. We have supporting refugees. Um, in that, which again, I think as you pointed out very quickly on that, um, this whole thing is going out and doing what what we believe to do is right. Um, I think uh, this next one, number seven. Uh, my paraphrase of it is. Go and begin to make friends that aren't like you. Um, go and start taking people out to dinner and trying to get to know them and trying to get to know their perspective. So instead of like the one they mentioned earlier of not demonizing people and using inflaming language, uh, go out and find seek out people that are your neighbors, seek out people that live uh, around you or that may work with you that believe things differently than you and get to know them. Uh, because, I agree with that too. Because I think that I think that oftentimes when we can we make politics like politics politics can be the thing that that makes us different from from one another. Like I believe this, you believe this, but at our core, we're all human, and at our core, I I really don't think that we we want horrible things for this world. I mean, I think there are some horrible people out there. It depends on who you are. There are some horrible people out there generally, but I, I think by and large, um, uh, yes, okay. Um, let's see, number eight, uh, my paraphrasing of this would be, uh, begin to get your information from things other than social media, um, and news outlets, or the, I guess my version of this is if you begin to see stuff on social media, like articles and stuff that folks are posting, 
look it up to make sure it's actually true before reposting it. Or think, something right. I've, I've run into with a lot of people is they will, they will see the headlines of an article and they will share it without actually reading wait, the article. Didn't, wait, okay. It wasn't, didn't you just say, don't go on the internet to find sources, but then... No, no, what, no, what I'm trying to say... social media or like... like new, yeah, news. Because oh, okay. like, I, think, I think one of the issues that we had in this last... I may, I may have said it incorrectly. I apologize. But one of the things that we saw like during the last election was that people consumed a lot of um, news or, or air quote news uh, on social media, and a lot of it was fake news. And so you yeah. begin to assume as long as it's online Which, and, and has like a headline. The, I feel like the news should be biased because it's... That's like... Because that's, like, that's something that people will trust because it's the news. Like, you give... Like every day, kind of like, like, like rundowns, and if you're biased, like, and you're telling people like a certain thing about like a certain candidate, like that's not like a very, yeah, not, yeah. So I agree with you, and so I'm actually going to stop this because I think a we're getting low on time, and b they do begin to, <laughs> I think, repeat themselves much like you eloquently said earlier, Ada. And so my mine would be, I think, for America to begin to heal where we're at, a I think we collectively need to stop being selfish human beings. Not we as in me and you, but we as as a culture. Yeah. I think we need to work on understanding other people's perspectives. I think that we need to understand that everybody has uh, deserves dignity. Um, that everybody deserves the right to be able to pursue the life that they are seeking to pursue. Um, I think that there is injustice and we need to try to stamp that out and stop it. And I think that we need to be able to see um, ourselves and our enemies when we see that, meaning that we need to get to know others that we find enemy and that we find that are so different than ourselves and begin to find what makes us like them. Not saying that we need to become them, but beginning to humanize them in a way that we're able to, um, well, I mean, I think treat the people that we find evil with the same dignity that we want for the people that treat we treat others. Like you want to be treated. Absolutely. Um, and I think those are, that is a good uh, place for us to end on. And so Ada, thank you so much for joining me um, this week. Hopefully you'll come back with me another time on the show. And as I always say this, as we get to the end of this broadcast, just a reminder that you can catch us on podcasts at www.snarkyfaith.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Follow us. Also, if you feel generous and in the Thanksgiving mood, hop on over to iTunes and give us a, uh, four or five star rating. I can't remember at the moment if, if five is the best. If five is the best, do it. If four is the best, do that. But um, that is all the time we have. And, and also follow me on Instagram. Oh yeah, what Swimmer, is your Instagram? Swimmer Ada without with only one M because I'm cool. So S W I M E R A I D A. One word. Yes, that's on Instagram. All right, so follow her, stalk her, uh, but be nice to her because she is my daughter and I don't own a gun. But I will find either. another way to threaten you if you mess with my daughter. So, uh, yeah. So, again, my dear listeners, thanks for listening to us. We will be back again next week. Have a wonderful holiday. And that is all we got this week. We are out of here. Goodbye. WCOM is listener-supported community radio. And Snarky Faith is only possible through our sponsors. Aqueduct Conference Center was established in 1978 as a peaceful destination for small group meetings, special events, conferences, retreats, and weddings. For more information, go to www.aqueductcc.com. We are also sponsored by Lumen. Lumen, a spiritual community of seekers, sojourners, question askers, doubters, and skeptics, is a collective of fellow travelers that embrace the truth that all life is sacred, hope is real, and tomorrow can be better than today. All are welcome. You can find more information at www.lumencommunities.com.